0: Welcome to a Meathead Hippie podcast, Ben Garland. I'm so glad you're doing this intro with me. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I am so glad that you were on this because we just were on a boat together. We met at our bed and breakfast. I hung out with you for a day. I got stung by a jellyfish. Somehow we meet this amazing guy named Norm and then we end up on a boat looking at whales. So I thought it would be fun to share a little bit of your perspective of kind of what you do and how you got involved in this but also just talk about this amazing thing that just happened filming a podcast on a boat
1: yeah the that was an incredible experience and you're just talking about like being out there with the whales and then having that whale come so close to us at the end was an incredible experience and then on top of it knowing it's all for a good cause and it's helped save these whales it, 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 was, it was really cool
0: it really was. So tell me about, um, well, I'm going to do my best in you. I am apologize if I butcher this, but you are a center for the 49ers. Yes. And you came to Maui. How, what brought you to Maui?
1: So I went to Maui uh, both because a little bit of like after the season, just mentally get away and also like physically. I wanted to work with uh, an AK doctor up there, uh, Dr. Leibowitz, and just get my body right and get my mind right so I can come into the next off season and just train and get going. Did it work? It totally worked. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, an incredible experience is being in Maui, see family, go see whales, go see some waterfalls and then uh, just get your mind right at the same time, like just get physically back at it, a little bit of rest mixed with a little bit of training. And there's not a better way to start your offseason season than in Maui.
0: Your rest is straight cliff diving adventures, let's be honest. So your okay. rest is a little different than most of ours, but it's good. <laughs> Tell me about what so I was trying to describe Maui in one of my intros. And I was like, how do I even describe this? I would love your perspective on this because I think it would be um, fun for someone to experience in a way that is like, there's something for everyone here. What what would you describe Maui as?
1: Maui is a diverse climate and you get everything from that tropical rainforest to almost a desert type area. And you get the beaches, but you have the mountain valleys that look like you're in Jurassic Park. You've got the, the rainy side and you get the dry side and you get the side where you see rainbows from as you're watching the rainy side. And it's just it has so many things, and it's a lot of things that everyone always dreams of having. he has got the waterfalls, and it's got the beaches, and it's got the sand and the waves, and it has a little bit of everything. For it, but it's like that everything that everyone always wanted. Like it has adventure, but it also has those luxury resorts if you just want to sit down and have those mai tais or whatever you're into.
0: Oh, I mean, I just can't get over it. Truly, is dinosaur paradise. You're just walking in the jungle, waiting for. The Velociraptors to come snag you—it's just my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> um, okay, well, how did we end up on this boat? And let's talk, let's jump into talking about whale trust and whale tails because we both came upon this. You have been involved with this um, because of your amazing aunt Dana, who I get to interview, so you'll get to hear Dana in just a few minutes. Um, but whale trust is just. It's just for me, whales have called me. And I feel like it kind of was this moment of accumulation of like, I'm in the right spot at the right time. And I'm going to do whatever I can to help get the word out about this because the work that they're doing is so incredible. Um, I mean, for us, we know that we love to pick causes that are big and that make big impact. And that's something that is so near and dear to you. You're number 63 for the 49ers. You've been doing this for a long time tell me about the like 63 events you run and then you know kind of driving into just one of these things being supporting whale tails um i would love to hear about it because you're just you're such a little angel ben well little is not the right word you're a very tall center angel you do a lot of good work and i want to make sure the world knows about it
1: yes i try to do 63 events a year and and one of them is uh the whale trust and Uh, Dana's definitely the big reason my aunt uh, why I got involved in that but I mean even as a little kid you watch Free Willy and you instantly want to go save the whales and every experience you have with them you just fall more in love with them I mean such big graceful creatures and it's just so cool to be so close to them so hearing about whale trust and What a cool event they're having in February. It's like a big TED Talk for whales. And like, I I love TED Talks and just learning information. And it's just so cool that this year it's going to be virtual. I mean, an event that usually was only on Maui for so many years is now going to be opened up to the entire world. I texted my entire family. I said, if you guys want to go, I got your tickets. Like, what a cool (laughs) event during these tough times when a lot of people can't do much.
0: I know. And it's interesting, too, because for... All the things that 2020, you know, kind of pivoted in a way that was low energy and low vibration and discouraging, there has been so much more that's turned into this like the world is the oyster of the possibilities. So I'm just so excited to have everyone be a part of this because everyone wants to learn about whales. My movie, My Free Willy, was Whale Rider. Have you heard? Have you watched Whale Rider?
1: I don't want to watch Whale Rider.
0: Add it to your list, Ben. It's just so magical. So if you haven't watched Whale Rider, it is. It's so good. It's just, and it's based in Hawaii and it's got a lot of this culture of Hawaii and it's just gorgeous. So that was my, um, I remember watching that probably when I was 16 and just being like, I have to go ride a whale. And obviously that's changed a little bit since, but swimming with whales is still on the list. Um, But we got really close. I'm going to add a bunch of footage if you're on the email list, you guys can see uh, the visuals. And then, of course, on our Instagram, we have a bunch of little pictures and videos of how magic that moment was. Uh, And yeah, this is a two-day event. So Whale Tales is February 13th and 14th. I think she said, Dana said, it's more than 30 speakers are signing up to speak and present. These are marine biologists, national photographers, um, national photographer, no wait, national geographic photographers. There we go. And just tons of people that care about whales and are talking about two things in particular with whale trust, reproduction, which they still don't know a lot about. That was really interesting to learn about on this boat ride that you guys are also going to learn about. Um, There's still not a lot of info about it. And then also communication, which is just so amazing to hear. I mean, when I was in the water for the first time hearing it, it's just like, it's so true. It's, it's about the way you're moved and not like how loud it is. It's just this profound change in communication, which I'm so into. So that's what whale trust is all about, which is really cool. Uh, before I let you go and before we get into this boat ride, what is your favorite thing that you learned about whales in this last trip that you were
1: on? I think it was that every foot is weighs an extra ton. So when you see like a a forty foot whale, it weighs forty tons. And like just thinking of like a was it eighty thousand pounds? And you know, especially in football, you're always like trying to get your weight up and be about size. And you're talking about like you know a six foot guy is like a big football player would be like three hundred pounds. And you're talking a six foot whale is six tons, which is. <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> well, yeah, she said it so casually. Erin, who I interview, you guys will listen to her, the marine biologist and head of outreach for Whale Tales, and she just casually said it. So every every foot that they are, you add a ton. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's nuts. Um, oh, I was gonna say you know, we have to tell them the story about the three thousand pound rock.
1: Which three thousand pound rock?
0: The the master who ate the shark eye, who could lift the three thousand pound rock.
1: Oh, I think it was five thousand pounds. Are you talking about uh, Kamehameha?
0: Yes, Kamehameha, who basically conquered Maui.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't what, know the like story
0: Yeah, you're right. We'll bre- we'll brush up on it, and it'll be on our next our next podcast. Uh, but I remember looking at you being like, "You better step it up." Yeah. You gotta- <laughs> Um, okay, Ben. Well, anything else you want to talk about with Whale Trust or Whale Tales and how awesome this event is? Everyone needs to sign up.
1: I'm just pumped. I mean, what a cool, like we're all stuck at home for a lot, a lot of parts of town. So you might as well, like what a cool family of events. I mean, not only does the, is it a cool event, but the money all goes to a good cause. So your registration fee, which I think is like 60 bucks, just goes towards donating to the Whale Trust and helping out research and helping out the whales. And so you get to do a great cause. You have a great event, family friendly, you get to learn and what a, what a cool thing. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm making sure to bring my nieces, my family, anybody I can get involved we're, we're coming along. So please come join us. It's going to be great.
0: I love it. Well, let's head to the boat. We got a boat ride to catch and some interviews to listen to. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. I'm Emily Sharam, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. This is amazing. So tell me a little bit about... Uh, Whale Trust and Whale Tales, this amazing event you are putting on. Awesome. Okay.
2: Well, thank you so much, Emily. Thanks for joining us out on the Whale Watch. Uh, We're really excited to have you out here with us and looking for humpbacks. So Whale Trust was founded in 2001 by uh, three passionate um, people with a background in marine science. Uh, Two marine science researchers, Dr. Jim Darling and Dr. Megan Jones and National Geographic photographer, Flip Nicklin. Look at these whales! (laughs) This is so (laughs) great! What
0: a view! (laughs) So for you, you, this is an amazing year because not only is it the 50th anniversary of Whale of... You
2: have the song, Paper. Yes. Yeah. It's the 50th anniversary of the publication... Yes. ...of the first um, paper uh, documenting song by Roger Payne and Scott McVeigh. Um, but it's also the 20th anniversary of... Um, Whale Trust being co founded and the 15th anniversary of Whale Tales.
0: And the first time it's available for anybody to participate in.
2: Exactly. All so around the world. The audience has been limited for that entire 15 years to mm. people, or 14 years previous to now, uh, to people that are on Maui in February. Mm. And so this year we had an opportunity to pivot and um, recognize this as an opportunity instead of. Um, just the loss of not being able to come together. And so we've pivoted to a virtual event and people anywhere in the world can tune in. And it's incredible. It's literally a TED talk
0: of marine scientists, people who love whales, people who study whales, people who want to just spread the word on these beautiful creatures. Exactly. Doing talks after talks, in between some beautiful songs with Uncle George, which we just recorded. Exactly. I
2: love it. So we have over 30 speakers involved this year, which is, um, and I think we'll end up significantly more than that when it's all said and done, but, you know, which is another um, point of being able to be virtual. We don't have the limitation of bringing our speakers to Maui this year and housing. So we're able to have more people involved from every corner of the world who have dedicated their lives to studying these animals. For Whale Trust, um, our research focuses on uh, the natural behavior patterns and communication in humpback whales. Um, Dr. Jim Darling has um, spent his entire career, he's a a pioneer in um, whale research, and um, he spent his entire career studying whale song. His favorite place is out on the water with headphones on, listening to (laughs) whale song.
0: Quick little time out. I wanna know what Jim Darling is hearing. What is whale song? If you haven't heard this before, just enjoy. Jim Darling, the author of this fantastic book, Hawaii's Humpbacks, Unveiling the Mysteries, is really spearheading the research behind communication of whales. I wanted to read page 86 of this book because I always turn to page 86 to know if a book is worth reading. And this book is definitely worth reading. This is about whale song. The clues to song function are... Singing occurs in and around the breeding season. Only males are singers. Singers sing until joined by other males for brief, non-agonistic interactions. Then they split up, although at times they form pairs or trios. Singing and joining are interchangeable behavior patterns, with a single male filling both roles over a period of hours. Some will sing, some will join, back and forth. Males may sing when accompanying females, which leads to other males joining, similar to when a female is not present. There has been no reliable observation of a female joining a singer, although more subtle interactions not yet documented may be occurring. The song is a complex sequence of sounds that progressively changes, yet all the singers in a population sing essentially the same version at any one time. So Jim is in in control and really head of research for the last 30 years of communication and co-founded Whale Trust right alongside Dr. Megan Jones, who is doing the beautiful work of understanding females, tracking females with and without calves to determine how reproductive status and other factors like body size, age, class and hormone levels, affect movement patterns, behavior, and any male-female interactions during breeding season. Both topics with a ton of information left to be discovered, hence Whale Trust and this beautiful event, Whale Tales.
2: The questions that people ask when they do go out on whale watches are exactly the questions that we're asking as researchers to understand and protect our oceans and the animals that live in them.
0: What is your favorite thing about
2: whales? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a fun question. So, uh, whale song. Um, my, um, I was drawn to be a part of Whale Trust. Um, I actually, um, in in grade school. Um, had a teacher um, introduce me to or introduce us to the Save the Whales movement, and oh we adopted a whale. So to be a part of an organization and working with Jim that has you know studied whale song is amazing for me. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Dana, what an honor. Let's go watch some whales. Okay.
0: Sounds like a <laughs> okay, Aaron Adams, one of the most beautiful podcast students in the world. So we're still on this boat looking for whales. You are a naturalist and head of all the community outreach (laughs) for Whale Trust. Um, What an amazing job. It is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So tell me first, we were talking a little bit about kind of the migration of whales, um, but really, really the uniqueness of how Wheels
3: travel. Like, what do they do? They're all over the world, right? They are all over the world. So they are a cosmopolitan species. They can be found in every ocean all over the world. And so, what we've thought previously, um, well, we do know there are 14 distinct populations. And most of these populations, during the uh, summertime, are spending their time at the poles feeding. And during the winter time, they are coming to the equator to breed. And we used to think it was maybe just like a beeline from Alaska to Hawaii. Today we are watching part of the North Pacific population. Uh, so we're like, okay, all those whales from Alaska—they feed there in the summer, and then they come here, and for then they come here to have their babies in the winter. Right. Yeah. Um, but through different studies, um, using things like photo identification and listening to song composition and structure, um, we found out that these whales aren't always making that super predictable migration. Sometimes. Those whales uh, that were seen in Hawaii one year are seen in Mexico the next year. They have been um, seen in Russia too. Wow!
0: Quick intermission. Emily here again. If you go to happywhale.com, you will be able to not only submit pictures that maybe you have of your own whale tails or a flink of the whale, the underside, as Aaron was telling us about. You can also go to a map and see all the images that have been submitted in the world. And this is such a fun community way to get engaged and start to learn about whales on the boat that you're on or from a boat you were on or on a boat that you might be on in the future. All of them have their own type of communication or
3: cert- like how is it different one group of whales to another? Right, yeah, so um, the f- long story short with whale song, what we do know is that it's, males that are singing the song um all males in one population will sing the same song um and it will kind of slightly change over time and that's one thing that we're seeing studying song in like hawaii versus like the philippines or japan or something you're recognizing like little tidbits that might be Crossing over from individuals going to like Hawaii one year and Mexico the next right. year, and so that just kind of slowly changes over time. Um, but it's it's males, and we don't exactly know why they sing that song yet. Uh, we do we are doing studies um, around it being like. Maybe it's a way for the males to um, establish structure within right. the breeding ground, something yeah. like that. Well, See how they might be related. Or... The first day I went scuba diving because I just got the certification. Oh, nice! I heard whales. Yes, and it's crazy how much it yes. travels, right? does exactly. that travel really far? It does travel really far across like ocean basins. Of course, now there's a lot of extra noise in the ocean. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's very loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, kind of going into that um, thread, what are the biggest risks for whales currently that they face? Yeah, so um, it can depend on, you know, what part of the world you're talking about, but um, entanglements and fishing gear and, like, long line gear and crab pots, lobster pots, stuff like that, um, vessel strikes. yeah. Entanglements, vessel strikes, um, and anthropogenic noise, which is noise created by humans. Does that similar. throw them off, like the it bees? definitely can, wow. yeah. Yeah, wow. they definitely use hearing as their primary sense. So if we're putting a bunch of extra noise, then um, it could throw them off a little bit, uh, for sure. My gosh, and they don't necessarily work like dolphins, like in a pod. So yeah. a mama has a baby, at what point do they separate Uh, So mom and baby will be together for approximately a year. So uh, we don't know exactly how long they stay here after baby is born. It might be a few weeks. Um, And she will nurse that calf every day with milk that is like more the consistency of like yogurt or cottage cheese. So yum. (laughs) Like 100 gallons of it a day potentially. Um, It kind of makes my stomach (laughs) turn, but it's great for
0: baby whales. And aren't they pregnant the longest, or is it elephants and whales? They're very similar to their
3: gestation period. So, Yeah, d- species dependent. Uh, okay. For whales, humpback whales, their gestation is about 11 months. Wow. That That's, is a long time. Yeah, I think wow. orcas have them beat at like, I think their gestation is around 17. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so. my gosh. They're pregnant for a while. And then they, <laughs> they have back a big whales. baby to grow. Yeah, that's, a, that's
0: a big baby. Um, so as they are kind of moving and babies are growing, they get off their mom, and, but they stay with their mom until they learn how to hunt or feed on their own?
3: Right. So they'll go, they stay with their mom for about a year. Okay. So they will go back up to the feeding ground with them oh. and kind of learn how to... Uh, catch fish or krill whatever they're eating Whatever
0: they eat. and humpback
3: whales are mostly krill and fish right yeah krill and small fish um i used to work on a boat off the coast of massachusetts and they primarily are targeting like sand lance there which are these teeny tiny little schooling fish oh, cool. so. one really cool thing about whale tails is that it is donation based and those funds are going directly back into these whales and learning more about them is your spirit animal a whale um I've always said that my spirit animal is actually a double-crested cormorant that's if so you know funny. what those are I love, the, I love I'm love. i also a bird nerd I am too I love yeah. birds I'm from cormorants. I'm so cor- I are you love them I'm from Texas but I lived in the Florida Keys for oh, a long cool. time oh yeah. cool okay cool um, that's yeah that's a that's good my, one that's my true spe- I, I want to yeah, say oh, dolphin I but I love birds because, <laughs> and especially cormorants because they can fly and they can dive wow. and I like to do both too so that's (laughs) That's my true favorite animal if i'm being honest (laughs) so i know we both love whales but why should the whole world care about whales why do we save the whales gosh (laughs) that's such a hard question because i'm like just care about them but yeah there are like actual reasons um that everyone should care about the whales. They really are kind of indicative of like the health of the oceans. If whales aren't doing whale, <laughs> other, things probably, <laughs> that was good. other things in the ocean probably aren't either. So we can really yeah. kind of see what's going on on a deeper level um, in the ocean through what's going on with the whales. Um, and the International Monetary Fund actually did a study um, kind of like putting a value on an ind- individual whale's life and they valued them at like $30 million Wow! Um, because they are just like huge carbon sinks. Whales take out so much carbon from the atmosphere and when they, um, if they pass naturally and sink, they take that carbon to the bottom of yeah. the ocean with them wow. and like out of the atmosphere. So they're also, they're important in so many ways. So many ways. Yeah. Uh, and
0: to wrap up this Amazing day. I just want to make sure you guys know to get more involved, to keep learning, and to hear from some of the most amazing researchers, scientists, and marine biologists who are working with whales every single day in a TED Talk style format. Two days, February 13th and 14th, your donation to attend is directly supporting Whale Trust, helping us learn more about the communication of whales and the reproduction of whales. And there's gonna be so many great ways to get involved in the future. So I'm excited to join. I hope you join as well. Go to whaletails.org to register to attend. And I cannot wait to learn. Huge thank you to everyone who got me on this boat. The crazy story of the jellyfish, the crazy story of how I'm in Maui. There's another podcast following right behind this one to get a little bit more of the woo, but for now, Make sure that you check the link in the podcast bio, no matter where you listen to podcasts, even on Spotify, so that you can get the visual storyboard. There's a good thing about podcasts. You can do it while you're driving, but when you're talking about whales, it's kind of nice to see what I'm talking about. So take a look at our new email setup, where we're creating a visual storyboard for every Meathead Hippie podcast that we do. I'm your host, Emily Schramm, and this is Meathead Hippie on Maui. (laughs) Woo! (laughs)
3: Woo! <laughs> <laughs>